0: Isn't that a blessing? Wow, that ought to be our reply to the Lord. Lord, here am I. Matthew chapter 5. Would you stand with me as we read together the Word of God? Let's read it together here this evening. I want to encourage you to memorize this section of Scripture as a family if you've yet to do so. Matthew chapter 5. We'll begin in verse number 1. Let's read together. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain... Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And if you'll back up to verse 4, let's read that together again. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We're going to look at that last part of that verse this evening, for they shall be comforted. Let's go to the Lord this evening. Father, we thank you, just your your presence in this place. And uh, we've sure been challenged tonight through songs about the cross. And the cross would lead us to service, and thank you for this challenge, Lord, that uh, we would answer that call, here am I. Lord, I'll go, and I'll tell them of you, and of the cross, and of the blood that's been shed. Uh, Lord, I pray here tonight, uh, as we open your word, that uh, you again would be our teacher, guide us, direct us. Lord, I don't know the heart of any person, there's somebody here tonight, they need some comfort, they need the comfort that only you can give, and I pray through the preaching of your word, and by your spirit tonight, that you would supply Uh, the very need of the heart, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And you may be seated. Um, I think it's it's pretty evident that we live in a sinful world, if you you discovered that. And one of the things that I am realizing more and more all the time is man is a sinful being. And and I'm also realizing that you give man uh, with a sinful heart Uh, money that begins to control his heart and power that begins to control his heart and he's truly very, very sinful. And so we live in a sinful world and along with the sinful world comes multitudes of sorrows. Uh, The groaning and the sorrow of lostness. The groaning and the sorrow of bondage. It's a sinful world and uh, in that sinful world there's the sigh and the cry of a lost and dying world. And it's a a world in great need. And uh, there's the sorrow of our own sin. And we spoke this morning about the conviction that God gives by His Spirit. And that conviction is designed to uh, lead us to true repentance and to true comfort that would come through Jesus Christ. Uh, We've seen over and over sin breaks the heart of God. Uh, God uh, loves us, but God hates the sin of our life. And sin ought to break Our heart uh, and a sorrow that leads to salvation is a sorrow that is is a good thing, leads to repentance and a sorrow that leads to a true genuine walk with the Lord. That's a a good sorrow. Uh, There's mourning of loss. Uh, How many of us have wept at a a grave sign? It hurts to lose a loved one, doesn't it? We spoke about Jesus uh, in the past that at the tomb of Lazarus, Jesus wept. Uh, he felt for the sorrows, the hurts of people, uh, the grave of Sarah. The Bible tells us that Abraham uh, wept at the graveside of his dear wife, had been so faithful to him all of those years. Uh, we've all wept at the grave of a loved one. There's the mourning that's created by loneliness. you ever been lonely? Uh, it's possible to be in the midst of a crowd. And yet to be filled with loneliness. I've known people that in the midst of even a multitude of people, their hearts uh, were in pain in crowds and lonely. And really, I, I'm seeing because of the lockdowns. And many people locked down, they, they suffer uh, depression. Uh, there's people suffering right now. Uh, depression, different things. Uh, there's mourning that David experienced, the betrayal of uh, his dear friend Ahithophel. And we see uh, David betrayed by his own son Absalom. And really the fact is tonight that life is filled with disappointments it's filled with pains it's filled with heartaches my wife was just expressing about both of her parents uh, this week took took a fall they're getting on up in years and and both of them fell and uh, by the car just uh, this morning uh, took a fall and there's a lot of pain a lot of heartache that this life brings to us. Uh, saw a little child here just, uh, just uh, uh, this week and uh, something hit the child that they began to cry and just the pain, the heartache that's just a part of this life. Now here's what we're going to, to focus on this evening. I think it's so very crucial and important. God promises to his children, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. See, there is a godly mourning. There's a godly sorrow that God wants to work that we spoke about this morning, that the Spirit of God brings that morning in our life and even the difficulties that we face. We can have the comfort that comes only from God. It's a comfort this world does not understand. I am thankful here tonight I know Jesus. I'm thankful that I serve a God that still rules and reigns. And I'm thankful that no matter what happens about me, I have the assurance that uh, my God is working all things together for His good. So I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for this promise, and we don't sorrow as others which have no hope, but I'm thankful that ye shall be comforted. Uh, The right sorrow, the right mourning, leads to the comfort that only God can give, And what we're going to do tonight is delve into the Word of God and, and just see that comfort that God provides that only God can give. I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. We'll be looking at several verses this evening. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, it's a section of Scripture that God has used on multitudes of occasions in my life. And it speaks of the comfort of God. I, I think, uh, let's pick up here verse 3, read several verses here uh, this evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, but notice the statement, the God of all comforts, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you be also partakers of the, of the consolation. For we would not, uh, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, and so much that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Now, here Paul speaks of the comfort of God in his life. And that word comfort would, would mean something like strengthening with strength. And God gives that strength in our time of need. Now, look in, in verse number eight here. Now Paul is describing a very difficult time in his life. And he says, We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. Notice the statement. He says that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we despaired even of life. Here Paul is describing this time. He's, he's facing a difficulty, and, and really as Paul is describing, it's a, a problem that was bigger than, than he. He said, I, I was pressed, I, I, was, I had this pressure upon me, and, and we despaired even of life. You, you kind of get the impression that Paul went through a time of depression, a time of difficulty. It was a time in, in Paul's life when he said, I, I didn't even really want to, to live. Uh, I was facing this situation that was bigger than me, and I couldn't handle it on my own. Now, I'm not sure all that that Paul faced but we do know that according to 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse number 5 or verse number 15 Paul says all they which are in Asia be turned away from me. And we know that Paul had labored in Asia, much fruit in Asia, but Paul toward the end of his life faced rejection that came from Asia. And it's evident that many turned against Paul. Some of the leadership in the churches were turning others against Paul. And really, we we know this. uh, It hurt Paul deeply to see those that he had invested in uh, turning their back upon him and those that he had trained many times turning to a false doctrine, to heresies. And we can see that in 2 Timothy, some of the things that Paul endured. And, And one thing is evident. Paul grieved. He was pressed. He went through depression. He said, I despaired even of life. But in the midst of all of that, Paul found God was big. And he found God's comfort. And this is why he said in verse number 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comforts. Uh, in verse number 4, Who comforteth us in all our tribulations. And he says in verse number 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. See, Paul was able to say, God did not give me more than I could handle through Him. Uh, God gave grace for that situation that was sufficient. And always we will find God is faithful. Whenever we need strength or we're in a situation that is beyond us, that we can't handle on our own, we have something that the world does not have. We have a relationship with the God of all comfort, and we have a God that is able, in the midst of our difficulty, whatever it be, and I I don't believe that God gives us the specific details. I took a guess when I gave you some of those details. We don't really know what it was. And I believe God leaves that blank for us because it applies to whatever we face in our life. God is still the God of all comfort in every situation. Now it's interesting here, as Paul is describing this event that he's facing and how God comforted him in all of the tribulation that he faced. God said that he did so, or or Paul said that God did so in order that I could extend the comfort that God gave to me Uh, that I might extend it unto others. Notice in verse number 4. It says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, notice the statement, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And verse 6, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. See, those things that God allows you to go through are going to be later the very means that God will use you to help in the life of another. And Paul said, I I realize it now... I went through this time, I was pressed out of measure, I I despaired even of life, It, it was difficult, it was bigger than me, but God reached down and God gave me the comfort that only God can give in such a time as that. And now I realize as I look back, Paul's saying that what God did in my life, He did that for your benefit because God gave me some things through that time that I'm able to use in your life and minister unto you. And isn't it a blessing that only God could do that? I knew of one couple, that were very effective in helping other couples through marriage issues. Somebody asked them what was the source of their effectiveness, and they said, well, we went through a lot of difficulties ourselves, and God helped us through those difficulties, and the lessons that we learned in our own marriage are lessons that we're able to share with others and be a blessing to them. See, really, God gives victory, and born out of that comfort and out of that victory, God uses that to help others. I found that some of the things that God has allowed me to go through in in my life, I didn't understand it at the time. But now, as I look back, I realize that I couldn't be a pastor here had I not gone through some of the things that God allowed me to go through. And so we understand God gives comfort. There's the comfort of God. I love Psalm 138, verse number 3. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me, and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. Have you ever been there? You were needing something and you cried out to God. And as you cried out to God, God strengthened you in such a way that only God could do. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. There's the comfort of God. Let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. This is something the world can never comprehend or grasp. The comfort of the Holy Spirit. John, chapter 14, speaks of this ministry of the Spirit of God in our life. John 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 16, And I pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever. In verse number 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Just some important thoughts here. The the Comforter, the the Paraclete, the one who comes alongside. Uh, He's the helper. He's the encourager. He strengthens us with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Uh, God gave to His children the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Bible tells us, and and it's very clear, the moment you get saved, you're born of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes to take up residence in your heart. Uh, He will never leave you. Jesus said in John 16, it is expedient for you, that I go away, and if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. Uh, He said, I'm going to go away, and in going away, I will send the Comforter. Now Jesus, when he was here on this earth, limited himself to an earthly body. Uh, Jesus in that earthly body uh, was not everywhere all at once in that earthly body. Uh, But Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the Spirit of God and He will be with each and every one of His children and He will be with you all the time and He will never leave you nor forsake you and wherever you go, He's going to be there with you and He is the comforter coming along beside you to dwell with you and He becomes the source of encouragement and in strength. And in that a blessing that you have something as a saved person that the world will never understand or never know? God, through His Spirit, gives us the assurance of God's presence. We can say, He walks with me and talks with me. And He tells me, I am His own. Everywhere I go, the Lord is with me. He dwells with me. He guides me. He strengthens me. He comforts me. And whatever I face in life, the Spirit of God is there with me as my comforter. Let's go to the gospel, or not the gospel, but the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. You see this thought portrayed very clearly in Romans, chapter 8, where he speaks of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Romans, chapter 8, verse 11, reads, But but if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. In verse 15, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This is the assurance that God gives. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, we have that assurance because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And it's evident in this context that in our suffering, it's the Spirit of God that gives us the assurance that these sufferings are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. You go on to verse number 35, What shall we say then to these things of God before us? who can be against us. In verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. And it's that comfort that God gives by His Spirit. The God of all comfort. The comfort of the Holy Spirit of God. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, turn forward. We not only have the comfort of the Holy Spirit, but God's children have the comfort of scriptures. Romans chapter 15, verse number 4, reads, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, he's speaking of the scripture, of the Bible, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. God's word is powerful. We have the Spirit of God who guides us through the word of God. And so often as we're facing the perils of this life, God has given us a Bible that will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, a Bible that will guide us through those times. God comforts us through the promises of His Word. In the Gospel of John chapter 14, Jesus has shared with His disciples that He's going away. They were troubled in their hearts. I want you to notice something. In John 14, verse number 1, as they're troubled in their heart, He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. And then the Lord Jesus gives them some of the promises of God's word don't be troubled and he turns them to God's promises in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also and whither I go you know and the way you know Uh, the Lord Jesus comforted them through the word of God in the time of their trouble through the promises of God. Uh, you'll see this at work in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, the church at Thessalonica was troubled. Uh, many had died. They were expecting the Lord to come before they died. And now they're questioning Paul concerning death. And Paul answers them. In verse number 13, 1 Thessalonians 4. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. Uh, For this we say unto you, what does he say? By the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Notice verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's the comfort of God's word, the comfort of God's promises. And I many a time have been at the graveside of a loved one And I've remembered this promise, and God has used this promise to bring comfort to my heart during that time of tribulation. Let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, it's a psalm all about the Word of God. But throughout this psalm, you'll see the comfort that comes through the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 49. Psalm 119, verse 49. The psalmist says, remember the word unto thy servants, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. See, God uses his word to give comfort in the midst of affliction. In verse number 52, I remember thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted. Myself. In verse number 54, thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Verse 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. He says in verse 68, thou art good, and thou doest good, teach me thy statutes. In verse 71, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. And Simply saying, it was a good thing that I went through the trials of life, that I might learn the word of God, and that God might teach me. In verse number 81, My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word mine eyes fail for thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. In verse 92, unless thy law had been my delights, I should have perished in mine affliction. In verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. And in verse 107, speaking of that comfort, I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. See, it is the word of God that points the way to Jesus, and it's the word of God that becomes a light for us in our darkness, and if I can just share this with you, uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the nation, we don't know what's going to happen in our world, we don't know what directions are going to take, we, we have no idea, we can't see the future, I, I, you hear all kinds of talk and things on both sides of the aisle, and all kinds of accusations, and uh, here's the one thing I do know, is that God reigns and that his word is real, and that in the affliction or whatever we face, it ought to draw us to the word of God, ought to cause us to seek the face of God, ought to cause us to do exactly as the psalmist did to find the comfort that only God can give through his word, Uh, making the word of God a lamp to our feet, a light. Through our darkness, God's word builds faith. Through our darkness, the word of God gives hope. God's word shows us how God helped others in their mourning, in their affliction. And if God did it for them, God will do it for us. And can I say as I read through the Bible, not one time has God ever failed. And not one time has God ever been wrong. And not one time has God ever let his children down. Not one time. Not one time in all of the word of God. And my friend, if God did it for them, God will do it for you. So we have the comfort that God gives through His Word. So many times when my heart has been grieved and I've mourned, there's been conviction, uh, sometimes when I've said, Lord, why did I ever do that? Do you ever do that? Lord, why did I ever say that? Uh, Lord, how come I'm such a mess? you ever think that? Uh, but God's Word brings comfort. There have been times I've sat down at the Word of God, and the Word of God has just been the light, the joy, the peace, the only thing that would bring comfort to my heart. Sometimes in reading, just reading through the Bible, and it brought comfort. Sometimes a a verse that was memorized brought comfort, brought encouragement. That's why it's so important for us to stay in the Word of God. You'll find if somebody fails, uh, they first of all fail to be in the Word of God that failed to walk by faith in God's word. So there's the comfort of the scripture. i me give you another aspect. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We also have the comfort of God's people. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 5, Paul is writing of his experience in verse 5, 2 Corinthians 7. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. You ever been there? But nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. That's really neat and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us, your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. See, God used uh, Timothy or Titus to bring comfort to Paul's heart. And Titus brought word from the church at Corinth. And I think it's evident uh, Paul had had given a pretty rough letter in 1 Corinthians and Paul challenged this church that they ought to discipline the one that was in sin and blatant known sin in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And I think it's evident here Paul is is concerned. How is this church going to take it? What has happened to this individual that he's writing about? And Titus brings back to Paul the good news. Evidently there was a repentance that took place and it was a godly sorrow. I think as you read through this section of scripture, evidently a godly sorrow that came about that brought about repentance. And and here Paul is hearing that news and his heart is comforted by the church there in Corinth. See, God used, if you go with me to the book of Philippians, the book of Philippians, uh, the comfort that comes from God's people. In Philippians chapter number 4, Paul used or God used the church at Philippi uh, to encourage Paul on a number of occasions. In Philippians chapter 4, verse number 10, Paul writes, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am there with to be content. And he writes about that contentment, notwithstanding, in verse 14, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again to my necessity, not because of desire to give, but to desire of fruit that may abound to your account. And Paul's telling of times in his life when he was under affliction, in prison, suffering, and the church at Philippi sent multitudes or several times to his necessity, to his need. They ministered to him in his affliction. They were a source of comfort to him. Uh, Now turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. In verse number 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such in one the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. But he says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now I believe the principle and Paul is describing it, many times God will use his children to bring comfort to his children. God has used people so many times in my life to bring encouragement. I was remembering just this afternoon many years ago, I was facing a situation and I felt so weak and Satan was attacking me. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He's a big bully. Sometimes that big bully, he just brings all kinds of accusations. And that was happening in my heart. And uh, facing those accusations, he was discouraging me. And honestly, I felt at that time, I still remember back, I felt like a failure. But God used his children in ways that they would never even know it. I was pretty low in my heart. And I went out to the mailbox, and out at that mailbox was a letter from somebody that years before I had ministered to, and uh, somebody that I'd prayed with, and somebody that I'd helped through some situations. And in that letter, I'd not heard from them. Uh, They lived in another state, and in that letter was a thank you note. And with that thank you note was a check. And it was as if God said to me, see, I'm still on the throne. God used another Christian to bring comfort to my heart. And to kind of help me through that time, I was defeated. But God used that situation, that letter, that note, that check, just to tell me that He still loved me. I can't describe it other than to say, I don't think that individual knew the extent of what I was facing, but God used them to bring comfort in my heart. He's done that a number of times. And uh, just this week, uh, Brother Fox called. We had a brief visit on the phone, and we prayed together on the phone, and uh, he was just asking some questions, and he's teaching a youth group, and, and he was wanting to challenge this youth group. Uh, basically, and, and this is the direction he was going, uh, he said, uh, you know, we're facing a crisis situation in our nation. And he said, a lot of, uh, lot of our church members here are discouraged. And he said, I want to share with this youth group that they can be the source of revival. And he was asking for some just examples of young people that became the source of revival. Very interesting that through history, you'll find that often revival came through young people and God would raise up young people. But that conversation with Brother Fox was just such an encouragement. God used his man to bring comfort to my heart. Now, just a thought here tonight. If God put somebody on your heart, take it seriously. Maybe there's somebody that's going through something you have no idea what they're facing. And if God puts them upon your heart, you pray for them. If God wakes you up in the middle of the night and you've got somebody in your heart. There's a reason. Pray for them. And if God gives you the freedom to maybe give them a call or write them a letter... Uh, Just encourage them. If God wants you to, reach out to them. And you can become a source of comfort. Yes, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. But God may use you as the source of their comfort. Look with me and and we'll close with this, this thought. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And we've looked at this scripture quite a lot here recently, but I, but I want to just point something out here. Verse 22, Hebrews 10. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And, and let me just express uh, in this that, that God is faithful Hold fast. Our God is still the victor. Uh, be uh, faithful unto Him. Hold fast that profession. But look at verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke, unto love, unto good works. See, God has given us each other. And please uh, understand this. Uh, we need each other in the days ahead. I've said this several times, shared this with a man yesterday. In our prayer meeting, don't allow in in these days something to come between you and your church. Don't allow wedge to come between us in any capacity. The old devil is real and he's going to do whatever he can to discourage you from being here. He's going to do whatever he can to discourage you in your walk with the Lord. And when you least feel like coming to church, that's most of all when you need to be in church. And when you get discouraged, that's when you need the body of Christ. That's when you need the church that God has given to you. And I don't know what's ahead, but I said this morning, you better buckle up. I don't know what the future holds, but I know God holds the future. And I do know this, each and every one of us on our own, we're weak. We can't do it. But together as a body, we can find the strength and the comfort that only God can give. And so let us consider one another to provoke, to love, and to good works. See, God was so wise when he established the local church. Uh, Aren't you thankful as you were born into this world uh, that the Lord didn't put you out on the street and say as a little baby, go find your food? Uh, Go find and dig through the trash can to find your food? Uh, When you came into this world, God gave you a family He knew, and he was wise, and he understands the importance of the home, of the family. We need our parents. We need that home. We need the family that God has given. Satan is attacking the family today as never before. But God likewise provided for spiritual children the local church. And he was wise. He understood the need. And it's no wonder that Satan is attacking today the local church because Satan knows the importance of that church, the God of all comfort. Uh, When we mourn, God is a comforter, the comfort of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comfort that comes through God's Word, and the comfort that comes through God's children as we encourage each other. Blessed be they that mourn for they shall be comforted. Something the world doesn't understand, but those that are saved, you understand how God in your hopeless estate reached down and gave you what only He could give you. Let's go to the Lord.